Why is it that some people seem to have all the time in the world to do the things that they want to do, while others struggle with zero time or freedom to truly have a life? Welcome to The Unshackled Life with Aaron Young and Michelle Pearson Young. They're here to help you take your time back and start thinking about how to work smarter and have more fun. Now here are your hosts, Aaron Scott Young and Michelle Pearson Young. Hey guys, and welcome to the Unshackled Life here on uh, on the Influencer Channel. We, you know, we love this um, this uh, Influencer Channel. If you look around at all the different hosts that are on, you're going to find a variety of uh, of fun information. We're glad to be part of it, and it's really fun to be able to work with Michelle and and um, and uh, boy, I tell you, it's um, we're at the be- we're at the the beginning, the first week. And it's just a time when a lot of people, you know, we're called the unshackled life. And there's a lot of people that are feeling pretty darn shackled right now. I, this, think, I think the holidays do that. Yeah, there's there's no question about it. People feel um, uh, a lot of stress around the holidays. And we see a lot of, you know, we see a lot of kind of sad stuff happen around the holidays. Um, you see a lot of a lot of people die around the holidays. I mean, because of. Oh, you I, know what? I know what that's. I know that what that's. Well, go ahead. you are more likely to die during the holidays. And I am, or people generally. Not you. I take good care okay, of you. Okay, good. I just want to um, make sure the reason, all of us. The reason, one of the reasons, is that people don't like to inconvenience their families. They don't want to. They don't want to ruin the holidays, and so they, they seriously they'll have yeah they'll have like real medical issues. They'll have symptoms, and they'll be like, oh, you know what? We're it's fine. all going to be okay. We're fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do anything about it because I don't want to. I don't want to burden anybody, and then and they'll die. That's that. Did you know that's what happens? I I actually read an article about it. I didn't know. I and I, you know, it's I should been, have written an article about it. Clearly, I don't want to start this whole show off because we're gonna have, we're gonna talk about a lot of interesting things today. But I don't want to start off on a big well. Let's bummer do, let's note, talk about life satisfaction and let's talk about how. Well, so so let's start with this. That exact thing is a problem. Um, yeah. So let's start with this. The um, uh, what did you read? Tell us all about. No, it. No, it's not what I read. I, what I was thinking was just in our own uh, life, we've had a lot of uh, we've had a lot of uh, weird stuff going on, right? A lot of people that we've known have died this this uh, last week, really. Um, yeah. Uh, and and you know most of them are older and had medical problems, stuff like that. But it's weird how they it it comes around holidays every single year, and maybe it's because they don't want to inconvenience people. Maybe it's well, because they okay, feel so imagine, lonely for people that they miss, or maybe it's for it's maybe it's just because it got colder. I don't imagine know. you. Um, you are not feeling very well and you just want you just want the holidays and who amongst us you just want the holidays to be good this year yeah and but you're not feeling very well and but you're you're going to do your best and you're going to power through, through it kind of thing yeah and you're going to and you're going to eat in a really indulgent way and and you kind of feel worse and worse but you're like you know what as soon as i get home as soon as i'm not staying at my in-laws house or or I'm not, you know, with friends, yeah, I'm going to yeah. take care of it. And it's this perfect storm. That's, that's why it happens every year. And so, and so let's, I, I think that, I mean, that opens up like a whole brilliant um, uh, opportunity to talk about how we treat ourselves, how we see life, how, how to be able to create, take care of ourselves now. And that actually feeds into well, hold on, hold on. taking Wait, care of yourself. Don't go there yet. Don't go. go I want to go there. I don't want to go in there yet. All right. No, I want to say, I want to say something that um, I was grateful for. Something I was Excellent for. choice. So this week, um, this week, uh, a fellow named um, Jim Neighbors, who was Gomer Pyle on television, so Such on. Such a lovely man. Yeah, he passed away this week, mm-hmm. and um, and 
I, I saw that he had died in a, um, I was actually in an airport uh, in between flights and I saw it up on one of the television screens and I thought. And I, I texted you before I realized that you texted me, Jim Babies died, which was Jim. On. Yeah, D- yeah, Jim Davies or something. Baby. No, it was at Babies. It was yeah, weird. It was like I thought, disturbing. I, who, I was I, like, what did I just write? I don't know who that is. But anyway, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'd heard, we'd heard that Jim Neighbors had died the other day. And I thought, um, one of the things that's been fun about being unshackled and being able to travel and meet interesting people and so on is that sometimes you're at somebody's house for dinner and they say, hey, would you like to meet your, our neighbor, Jim Neighbors, with the guy two doors down the street? And we were like... Um, yeah, yeah, we'd like to go meet Jim Neighbors, and for so sure. so that earlier this year, right? Was or was no, it last no, no, November? It was, it was last. It was last October. Last October. Okay, mm-hmm. so a year ago, a um, little over a year ago. Yeah, we got to go um, uh, walk walk just two doors down and go into his uh, home and sit with him, and he toured us all around the house. Oh my gosh, he w- could he have been more charming? Really sweet guy. Not only not only did he he welcomed uh, there was probably like a dozen of us, maybe no, maybe a few less, maybe like eight. There were there were a few of us, yeah. There were a few of us there, and he and uh, the consummate the consummate entertainer. He told us the funniest stories. Here's this man, elderly in got a walker, not not in great health. Yeah, and he was just telling us stories. His and voice was strong. His mind was sharp. It mm-hmm. was great. It was really fun. Yeah, and so we got to meet him. We got to spend, I don't know, a couple hours at his house. And um, uh, we got to sit, I mean, right with him. Literally, we were both sitting on one side and the other mm-hmm. of him. And uh, had a lovely time, lovely tour. And and I thought, what a what a blessing that we got to meet this guy in his home, not in some he did, sort of He toured us through his house and oh, like all went, the way, even went in the into bathrooms. the bathroom because yeah. he had this like whole like photo wall in the bathroom. Yeah, the, the guy had trophies with, everywhere. I, yeah. mean, I mean, everywhere. Really, really a remarkable human being. I, I found him to be, what I loved so much was how genuinely kind he was. You know, he talked about, it was interesting because um, the same day that he passed away, um, now, he had told us that Carol Burnett was his best friend, mm-hmm. his closest friend. And the same day that he died, I right immediately after they announced Jim Neighbors died and they cut to a break, and there was an advertisement for Carol Burnett's 50th anniversary, mm-hmm. celebrating 50 years since she launched the Carol Burnett show back in 1967. And I thought, first of all, how ironic. And then we watched the program last night, and um, and she did a little small segment on Jim Neighbors' And said she'd had him on as her first, first guest, guest of her first the show. The first every show, season. yeah. Each season, he was on the first show, and um, and what a how what a dear friend he was to her. And and anyway, it's just really tender. So part of this cool thing about being unshackled is you get to meet people and do things and get a little little itsy bitsy brushes with fame. Now, how much fame? I don't know. Because when we told our children that we were going to see, uh, we wanted to watch the Carol Burnett special. They're like, "Who's Carol Burnett?" And we know um, that we are. Uh, we are not the parents that we should have been if our kids don't know who Carol Burnett is. Yeah, like how did that, I mean, I thought famous maybe, but only um, <laughs> only for if you're a certain age. So anyway, kind of fun. So are we good parents and just old? I think we're good. We're good old we're parents. Good old we're good old parents. parents. Okay, I can accept that. Yeah, anyway, so pretty fun. So, so we want to talk about the unshackled life in terms of life satisfaction today. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, what is it that you want? What do you, what do you want out of your life? And what is it... Um, and are you making the choices that will give you some things? It was fun because uh, I was looking at a thing just this morning. Uh, I was looking at what news was trending, and it said the top, the hippest 
20 towns or this cities. This makes me feel so hip. Yeah, in, 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 uh, in the country, what are the In the 20, whole wide country. 20 hippest places to live in. Number 20. It's Amboy, Washington. No, Amboy never made the list. That is, it's our, our even, goats were voting. Nobody They're even, like, it is so great to Nobody be even here. knows that Amboy exists out there in New York. But here's the thing. They should. Um, Fantastic. Well, what did happen, though, was um, Seattle made the cut. They were number 20. And other cool places like Little Rock and Albuquerque and so on were on there. But um, Boise, 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 Idaho is usually on there. Boise was like number, uh, maybe number two. Did I know? Yeah. I'm so uh, smart. Portland was number 12, very close. But number one, number it's one. The traffic, that's why they don't get higher. Number one on the list they get was. get really high. Number one on the list <laughs> was. Get it? Uh, yeah, we got it, Michelle. <laughs> it's always been a very green state. So, um Anyway, we yeah we That's got so it. Funny. Anyway, number one on the list was um, a- Vancouver, uh, Vancouver Washington. Washington. Vancouver Washington, right? You know, we're 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 in, we're you know, people think that we live in Vancouver. We're, right. When people say where do you live, I say the Pacific Northwest, and they go, but really, where do you live? And I say north of Portland, Oregon, and they'll be like, well, where do you live? And if they're in the know, I'll say Vancouver, Washington, and I'll be like, oh, it's beautiful up there. We, yeah. we actually live north yeah. of Vancouver. Now, I personally believe the reason that people, the Vancouver was number one and people are moving to Vancouver and it is growing very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Battleground, Washington, which is kind of a suburb of Vancouver, really. I mean, it's uh, when you come across the river into Vancouver and you keep driving through Vancouver, it sort of all ends at Battleground, right? And then, right. then you go up into the, into the countryside. Unless Unless you're a goat, and then things get really interesting. Yeah, then all of a sudden you get you have some room to spread. So out. what the do you think is, it is? I think people want to live close to Portland, honestly. But Vancouver is a cool except place. For, except there's, for there's, if you look at there's it, there's no state income tax. So you know, right now in this whole argument with the 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 tax plan, one of the big issues is deductibility of state income tax. Mm-hmm. And Oregon has almost 11 percent state income tax, and Washington doesn't have a state income tax, and so. Um, uh, you know, people that want to live near Portland but so want got, to have the you've tax advantage. You've got a really great city you've with got, a lot of amenities. Yeah, you're close to the ocean. You've got lots of water. You've got lots of greenery, lots of forests, lots of like mountain biking and hiking and stuff like that. And then you get the and then you get the bonus of a smart financial investment. Yeah, what, with, what do you mean? By, I, not from investment. A tax I find financial choice is a better way to put it. Yeah, by being in Vancouver. But but let's talk about livability because I because I knew automatically that Boise, Idaho was going to be on that list because it has been for several years now. And Boise isn't you know exactly a huge city. What Reno, Nevada was on there. Reno too. was on there. Not a not a big city. And so I I think it bears it bears asking the question. What does make it, what's livability? Where, where, how do you get your life satisfaction? And I want to ask you specifically that because I always, I always joked around that, uh, you'd done a great bait and switch on me. I was this little small town girl and, um, and I was wooed by this big city boy coming to big Portland, city. Oregon. I'm, I'm the big city. I was very Compared to Shelly, Idaho, super, super big city. Well, actually Portland is not a, not a big city, but it's, but not, it's a not, nice city. It's two and a half million people. I, I was, I remember, I remember very vividly being awed by, by those buildings. As time went on, we got married. We, we bought a house in Northeast Portland. We then moved out to the suburbs. Then we moved out to a further suburb. And then we moved out to the exurbs. And now, I don't even, you think we're in the exurbs now. We are. Well, cause we can see neighbors, you know, at a distance. But anyway, the point is we, we moved out there because um, we moved out there because I thought it was, I, I, we wanted the kids to have more work to do. We wanted to have horses. We wanted to have all that stuff. So that part of that's livability. I mean, there, there's a coolness about, about where, where we live. That I think people uh, people seek after. They like being able to get 
to to the forest. They like being able to get to right. the ocean. So, but you know, the thing that I noticed that so Vancouver, Portland, Seattle, we're all all on there. So is Boise. You know, much further inland. So is Salt Lake, further inland still. Um, but uh, most of the places that were on the list were fairly close to nature, both uh, both the ocean okay, and so the nature. mountains. That, that makes sense. So studies show that even spending only five minutes a day outside will actually elevate your mood. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. So outdoor, so outdoor, being able to be outdoors and do things. So Portland, you know, you've got the coast, you've got, you've got the ski slopes, you've got great hiking trails. Um, the same thing can be said. I mean, you can't, don't have the ocean in Salt Lake or in Boise. No, but they've but, got the mountains, they have lots of nature. They've got a lot of yeah, outdoor lots stuff. Lots of skiing and and yeah, a lot of cool stuff to do. So the point is, so this was voted, this, this, um, the survey was done by something called um, Move Move Hub. So it's, it has to do with people that are moving or where they want to move. Where they want to go. And so this is, so the cool thing is, is people are making choices of where they want to go. So the, the question is, how many people out there who are unhappy um, are making a decision to to move somewhere where they could be happier this versus is, people that want that just feel crummy all the time. I mean, that's the thing is I okay. So, but wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. That's that's where we come in with what what is it a let them eat cake when you're like, well, why don't they just move? Is that a let them eat cake attitude? No, no, because because a lot of the play, well, maybe moving if you're if you really have no money at all. If you have no money at all, then of course it might be challenging to move. But if you have enough money to do a little bit, and we've watched our kids do this. Mm-hmm. We've watched kids go to Hawaii, go to Nashville, go to Reno, um, go around, right? They've moved around and they didn't right. have a lot of money. Um, so I think you can do it. The, the thing is, what's the cost of staying um, that what's the cost of staying miserable? where you are in a place that you're unhappy? Right. I mean, is, are you going to be one of those people who becomes a statistic can because I, you get so depressed in the winter? Can I just tell you how many statistics I talk to? Sure. Tell I, me a statistic. I, well, I'm, I'm being philosophical. I'll make up a statistic if you want. People sometimes, and I'm not saying everyone, but people are sometimes willing to stay in completely unsatisfactory situations because, not because of money, but because of the discomfort of making a choice. So they would rather, yeah, well, okay, so how do you, how do you fix that? How do you fix that? How do you start to make a choice? Well, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, all right, well. You want to talk about that now? We could how, do you, how do you make a choice? Okay, well, so, so let's the, talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about it. So let's well, let's go back to the satisfaction of why people live where they live, and it comes down to community. It comes yeah. down to health options. So it let's comes, have, come down to um, financial security and financial options. So let's talk about this though. Let's a lot of people say, "Oh, my family is is here." Mm-hmm. Right, my family is here, but yet. I, I meet people regularly who live near their family and who don't like their family. Right. They don't like being there, but somehow there's this tractor beam that holds them in place and they continue to have a, a miserable experience in a, in a frustrating family dynamic. Because of what you should because, do. Because of what you should do. or be, Yeah, that, yeah. what should. I, you know, people are always I like, oh, don't use four-letter words and should is way more than four letters. Yeah. I, I believe it's six if I'm counting it properly. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Um, I don't have time to do the math right now. <laughs> and should is one of the worst words I know. It's a shame-inducing word. It's a limiting word where 
We don't get to feel and do and be and have what we would love. Did you know that's the the number one, and I probably said this on the show before, the number one um, deathbed regret is should is having done what they thought they should have versus another, what they wanted. Another person who just died, David Cassidy, from, you know, the oh, Partridge Channel. that's right. And I his read final that. words were so much wasted time. So much wasted his time. His final words. David Cassidy. And he was filling stadiums. I read a statistic that said, or an article that said, um, back in like 1971, um, David Cassidy had more members of his fan club than the Elvis uh, Elvis or the Beatles. Wow. He was filling stadiums. He was the most he was the most highly paid entertainer in the United States in 1971 and he died basically broke and and his final words were so much wasted time to his daughter to his daughter that it had to do with that relationship. So okay, so I think this is a, a super interesting conversation talking about talking about where you live, if you're satisfied, and I would love to hear. We would love to hear at eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. I'd love to hear if people are satisfied with it where they live, if they feel like they're stuck with where they live, and what creates life satisfaction for you. Because I'll tell you what, I talk to, to people all the time about their dreams, mm-hmm. and they're never the same. What and and that's that that whole should piece what if somebody comes to you and says you know what you should be doing that's their version of the truth is it a fact and opinion or a feeling though i mean yeah a fact what a fact opinion or or feeling feeling. and those those three things are very different and people don't often know the difference between them and so is your quality of life is your happiness is your is your ability to live fully being influenced by your facts opinions or feelings. feelings. Okay, we're going to talk more about this as we come back here on the Unshackled Life Show on the Influencer Channel, Voice America Radio Network. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Unshackled Life. To reach the show today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com. Now, back to The Unshackled Life. 
Welcome back to the Unshackled Life with Erin Young and Michelle Pearson Young. We are talking about life satisfaction and we're going into our second segment now. Super interested in talking about, well, talking about your life satisfaction. We kind of ended the segment talking about wasted time and people people not really being able to create for that that for themselves. And I don't mean they're a- not able so they're to create, to. but they're choosing. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because um, we were we were talking about the tax cuts that are supposedly coming, maybe or maybe not coming. And, well, and oh, some, some, something is definitely going to happen. Coming. We don't know the exact details. Something's coming. And, and you soon. were telling me some statistics about about filing tax returns. And tell me, tell me again what, what oh, that was. I'll, well, what I, okay. So what I was saying about that was um, I, I, I so because there have been so many uh, articles written, uh, <laughs> if you're watching us on Facebook Live, you just got more of a show. So here you go. Um, okay, but we Michelle's, have to Michelle's drink is broke. Like coffee all over the place. So we're having, okay, let me just keep going while we have this technical coffee detail here in the in the studio. <laughs> the um, <laughs> her cup was unshackled. So yeah, anyway, cup. the unsha- unshackled lid. We somebody needs to invent a lid that will stay on for sure. Okay, anyway, so, so here's what I was reading about the taxes. So there have been all these articles about the tax reform and so on. And one of the things that really struck me that was interesting was that 80% of people don't itemize their deductions. And I thought, well, that kind of makes sense because there are probably a lot of people who don't have very complex tax circumstances. And so maybe they maybe they don't really have anything to itemize. But then I thought about, um, I, I was reading some more things, and there were places where people could itemize but instead, they were just taking the standard deduction, and they were trying to do it simple. Maybe they don't want to pay a CPA, whatever. But I thought, 80%. That's a lot. 80% is a lot. And and to say there's 80% of the people out there who are either not learning about or, or – Taking advantage of. Or, yeah, or they're either not learning what is possible, or they're saying it's just too hard to do it for me to do it. So I'm not going to itemize deductions, uh, and I, I'm going to do more work. This is very anecdotal. I'm not. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus on this. I'm just saying 80 percent um, is huge, huge. And I thought, is how many people are missing out on opportunities? And and let, we can talk about tax a little bit, but I'm talking about more as a general theme. Missing out because. They don't want to learn something new or do something that might yeah. be challenging for them. So, okay. So I, I have to admit that when, so you start talking about taxes and, and, um, and tax <laughs> deductions and I get super, super bored and it's nothing personal. I find you fascinating. Sure. I am. Um, you know, really interesting guy. You want to know what I thought? Because you were like, people aren't doing the, the hard thing to make their lives easier. Is that, is that verbatim or essentially what you said? What I was saying was. People, I, I, it makes me wonder how many, because I don't know the details of that 80%, right. but it makes me wonder how many people, because they don't understand the, the tax code mm-hmm. or because it's scary. it might be, um, I, the taxes scare the hell out it of me. might be a little bit of money to spend uh, to, to help get help, like from a CPA right. that they just avoid, or even to buy software like, um, like TurboTax that, that kind of guides you through right. it, are people missing out on and, and losing money and losing opportunities because it's hard it's or, or it's mysterious, it's confusing, right? right? And, and I, I see this happen all the time, all the time, 
in other places in life. And I thought, oh, look, at, okay. here it is again in the new tax so, conversations. So let me tell you, back going back to when I'm not paying attention when you start talking about taxes. Yes. Or rather, I was paying attention. I just didn't want to pay attention, which is kind of what we're talking about, right? Sorry, what did you just say? <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. It's okay. I'll let you know when it gets right, important. Tell me when I need to say something. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll flag you in. Tag. No, it's my turn still. So what I honestly was thinking about was you were like, okay, so people aren't taking advantage of what they that what they could have, and it would make their lives better. So we were talking in the first set the first set about life satisfaction, and obviously money has something to do with that. And the second segment we're talking about doing things that are a little bit more challenging, things that are a, bit, a little bit more difficult to make your life easier. So of course my mind goes to parenting. You can see that. Can you see that link? Can we just leave taxes behind? Or are we coming back? Well, that's what happens in my mind. Okay, go with parenting, but I, but I, I don't, but, but, I don't want no, to be done on this tax We're not yet. going to be done. Let me explain what I mean. Good, all right. What I mean to say is that when you said people are not doing the thing that's difficult and scary for them, and, yep. it, and it could, if they were to expend that energy, it would make their lives easier. Theoretically, yeah. Yes. Well, I know how it works. That works specifically in parenting. In parenting, because as as we were raising our kids, and I was wondering, are we doing this right? Um, is the fact that I'm pretty big stickler about what foods the kids eat, what time their beds bedtimes are, you know, following through, is my life going to be easier or more, or more difficult? Because right now, in the moment when you're following through and following through and following through with your kids, that's more difficult. Right. That's more energy consuming. And, and I thought, well, I'm not going to know what the answer to this is for a couple of decades. And here we are a couple of decades later, and I can tell you from my personal experience that doing that difficult thing, expending the, the energy up front yeah. is what gets us the result and makes life easier. And to that end, and, and we don't have a perfect family. We don't have perfect feel, children. We have, But we have a fabulous family. We have a really nice family and really we're great children. We're all imperfect children. people, but we're... we're it, exactly. Yeah, I was telling somebody just this morning, you didn't know this. I was talking on the phone to somebody just this morning, and I said, I said the, the goal that we had 30 years ago, 31 years ago almost, with our children... Uh, and for our family, which was basically to raise kids that wouldn't be codependent, that would go out into the world, do their own things, that would marry people that they could love and they could have their own life. And then they would come back and they would enjoy being with each other. And then they could go and back to their own lives. They could go back to their own lives, do their own thing, and then come together and enjoy and go back to their own lives. That's what we wanted. I and wanted to raise people that I wanted to be friends with. Yeah, and we have two we have two kids now that that seems to be happening for the two married They're kids. They're married. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then kid number three and kid number four are both going out into the world and doing and doing stuff, things. and then wanted to come back and see us. And so it, I'm, I'm it hopeful, doesn't... but we're still 31 years into the experiment almost. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it okay for me to say that we got married in February and it's December? I'm so it's fifty. It's almost. Oh, you mean are you are, are it's you? It's almost pretty, thirty-one years. Almost, since well, we we've got been married. together for thirty-one years, but we've been well, married. People say that all the time. We've been almost. together for twenty-seven years and married for two. We've been so we've been married, married almost, almost for thirty-one years. years. The point is, we're seeing that maybe that grand experiment that we started three decades ago mm-hmm. is working out. It is. But it, you know, and that's and but that's the point. And we we can absolutely come back to taxes. We can we can absolutely come back to taxes because the same rules apply. I don't really want to spend too much time on taxes. Neither so do much. I. Could Boris right. snore? My, but the point is, there, taxes are like child rearing, like marriage. So there was another article I just read that talked about why do why uh, marriages fail. There was this whole thing about Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris and their marriage. If they finally mm-hmm. they filed for divorce um, this week, 
and they've been separated for a number of months, but they filed for divorce today. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it wasn't so much about Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris, but why do people get divorced? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it had to do with they they didn't have these hard conversations early on and they didn't keep checking in with each okay. other. Yes, that's exactly. The, so when you're talking about the taxes and going 80% of people aren't taking advantage of of being able to itemize and get the tax credits or the tax deductions. Right. And I'm saying, oh, I see that a- applying in child rearing. Yes. And now you're talking about it applying to marriage as well. The upfront effort of being able to communicate with one another openly, right. of going, ah, this is a difficult and frightening. Terrifying. Th- we've been through some terrifying. Whole, we've been through some really uh, scary not conversations. Not just one or two, a whole bunch of them. No, we had like a like a, like a a really interesting conversation just like a year and a half ago where I was like, whoa, okay, I did not realize that, that we needed to talk about these things. You don't remember because it didn't scare you. It scared me. Oh. Anyway, anyway the point is, what are you doing? It was doing? a good, good conversation though. Thanks for having that with me. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. Well, let's not go there anyway. No, but, you, you, you don't want to talk about that. Not anyway, right now. Okay. Not right now. We okay. can talk about that another show. But we'll just make a whole other show. show about it once we know what it is. Oh, I know what it is. Well, I don't. Okay, so going. here's the point. Keep going. Expending the energy. A lot of times people don't. We, we talked about your quality of life where you're living. We're talking about doing the hard things up front in order to create more. If you want to be unshackled. If you want to be unshackled. You have to, you have to do things that will scare you. You have to yes. do things that are outside of your comfort zone. Yes. Wait, you wait. Do ha- you want to hear a quote? Yeah. Your best life lives right outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I, I've heard that before. Who's, do you know who said I'm it? I'm pretty sure I just did. Might have been yours. Okay. We're going to give that <laughs> okay. one to Michelle or Wayne Dyer <laughs> or somebody like that. <laughs> or someone super smart Could have like been us. the Dalai Lama, but it probably could. <laughs> but no, today, we don't know. So today we're going to give it to Michelle. I honestly can't remember. Your greatest life it, lives just outside of your did. comfort zone. Um, and so, but, but the truth is to be unshackled and the show is about being unshackled. Um, uh, our A-Rod, A-Rod, our producer said it was him. It that was said him. It. I'm so, so now glad. we know and it's but right. Attri- and so we know it's We true. have attribution now. And so A-Rod, mm-hmm. the producer, he's the one that said comfort or, or, or greatest life lives just outside your comfort zone. Your best okay. life lives right outside Here's your comfort zone. Here's the point. You, if you want to have that unshackled life, you've got to do things that are difficult. Um, sometimes that means introducing yourself to somebody that will be a little awkward. Sometimes it means oh my saying, as, um, sometimes that might mean saying, I'm an artist. Like I remember when you first oh started gosh. painting, the first time I heard you say out loud to somebody, I'm an artist, even I was going, really? Do you really have, are you ready to say? Are you serious? You were my greatest believer and you did not believe in me? I totally believed in You're you. but crushing it was, my spirit. It was yeah. early and you, but the point is, I thought she declared that. I declared that's that. That's pretty badass that she did that. I'm that's a pretty ninja, cool. man. She's, I'm a life ninja. Ninjas are sneaky. You are being sneaky. You I are being bold. <laughs> All right. You are being a diva at that moment. You are saying, hello, I'm an artist. I still say that today. Well, and you and, should, and you're a really good artist, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. But, but point, I wasn't then. But the point is, you have to claim it. You have to say you it. Have you have to, to declare it. And that is very uncomfortable. That that can be very uncomfortable because, and it's exact opposite of ego. People get very concerned about. Well, I could never say I'm an artist because that would that would be presumptuous. And people think, oh, that I've got a big ego if I say I'm an artist. I didn't say I was a good artist. Right. I didn't say I was a famous artist. I said I was an artist. It's your ego that's actually trying to keep you, remember. Your, keep, your ego's trying to keep you safe. Keep you small. Keep you small. Yeah. Keep, keep you, you safe by keeping you small. Right. Yeah. And, and it's when you it's when you proclaim something, um, it, when you when you put a flag in there and say, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. Um then all of a sudden, that it's much easier to get to your goals. It's much easier to, to say, uh, to have other people believe in what you're saying. Because the more wishy-washy or small we are, 
or playing small or playing quiet, the less likely we are to uh, really ever reach our big goals. We'll, we'll probably almost never reach our big goals if we don't. No. Because people are drawn to others who have big goals, who are after big things. You know, um, my buddy Bruno Serrato, who's a, a restaurateur down in Orange County. He, he is. He is. To- he claims it. He started. His mom encouraged him to start feeding these kids that lived in the motels. Their parents, you know, they're like two or three families. You'd be living in a motel room, those little flea bag motel down in Orange County. He had a restaurant. His mom said, you know, can't you do something for these kids? So he said, well, I could feed them some pasta. So he worked it out with the, the um, Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. of Orange County, California. And these kids started getting one meal a day of pasta with some good sauce on it. Well, now he's feeding something like 5,000 kids a day. Mm-hmm. And, and, now, and it didn't start out like that. No, it started slow, but it grew. And then, then it started going to other cities and other countries. And now the aggregate is enormous. But wait, there's more. Then he started saying, well, these people in the hotels, in the motels, well, now we're feeding them. But, you know, they have jobs, a lot of them, but they don't have money for a down payment on an apartment. Maybe we could put together um, a fund where we could get people into an apartment, get them, get them the first and last month rent mm-hmm. and a, a, a couch and a couple of beds so people could actually set up housekeeping. Well, now they've put... I think I just read 1,600 families into into apartments, right? And these people are working. They have to meet a certain criteria. But now Bruno could be under the radar. Bruno could be under the radar and just have his restaurant and and sell his food at his Mm -hmm. restaurant. But he he said, I'm going to do something big. And what's happened? When he said, I'm going to start feeding. Did he he start doing something? I'm going to do something big. He started saying, we're feeding 500 kids, 1,000 kids, 2,000 kids. And then people started noticing. Then Because people want somebody who's doing something big. He said, we can feed all these kids in these motels. They can Mm. eat. So then CNN names him the hero of the year. And then everybody's giving him awards. And the government of Italy. And he owns them too. The government of Italy knighted him. You know, I mean, and yes, he does own him. He's uh, every week. He's on there with some celebrity, something saying, well, here's my new book, that. Power Pasta. Here I am on TV with Power Pasta. Here I am with um, some new award. Last night, you got the Eden Award, the Beverly Hills Hotel I saw on Facebook. The point is, the more you the more you say, I'm going to do some, you know. Um, another, wait, 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 wait. Nope, I got to plus you on that one. Plus me. The more. But I was on a roll. I was getting so excited. I know. You. you yes. I, may I? Please. All I, right. I would love it if you would. Okay. Just jump the in here. more you say, this is what I do, not I'm going to do something. No, I'm doing this, or this is what I do. This yeah. is what I do. That, that's, that's what I'm plussing you, you it, because you said the more you say, I'm going to do something big. No, that's always putting it at arm's length. Yes, amen. That's true. You're right. When we say, so I remember when um, several friends of ours said, we're going to feed, a, we're going to provide a billion meals. They called mm-hmm. it feed a billion. Feed a billion. Feed a billion. So it started off, and and uh, we've done some promotions at Laughlin mm-hmm. for Feed a Billion, and other other places I've gone and spoke uh, have spoken. There have been booths and so on for Feed a Billion. Jason Cisneros, who's a mutual friend, uh, Feed a Billion. You know, he's now and they, he, Jason knew Tony Robbins. He got Tony Robbins involved, mm-hmm. and now Tony Robbins was just doing a, a thing on. I think it was Good Morning America. It was all about Feed a Billion, and they're raising all this money for Feed a Billion because when you say we're going to feed a billion people. People perk up and go, what? How do you do that? And, and it How creates, can I participate? It creates that momentum. So so what the quality of life that we're looking for, it involves 
being willing to do the difficult things, whether it's yeah. if you say, I don't, make how, a proclamation. If I came home and said, honey, how, let's go feed a billion people, we would go, uh, how in the world are we going to do that? I, I think we've got that like would two be hard. loaves of bread at the house and, and some, some tuna fish. But I'll tell but, you what. Well, I, loaves and fishes. That was weird. I didn't even mean to go there. But the point is. You're so But we believe and we can feed righteous. the whole masses. Here's the point. When we, when we get bogged down because mm. something seems too big and too hard, yes. we stop. Most people stop. Even at, even at taxes. Even, well, the tax thing was what led into this, right? So, yeah, right. you're right. Even That's at my taxes. Point. Even at taxes. But when you just start saying, oh, I have this. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to feed a billion. I'm going to itemize taxes. I'm going to live in a better place. We start. And then it, when it's something, a big enough goal, big enough dream, people get attracted to it. And all of a sudden you build, you build, um, momentum kind of a, um, well, and, and mass. So, okay. But wait, let's, let's, but even if somebody doesn't want to feed a billion, even if, even if they, they want to, they want to start out small, because I'll tell you what, looking at a giant mountain and going, I don't know how I'm ever going to get to the top of that, yep. but I can get to the top of this hill. And I'll tell you what, when you get to the top of a hill, that next big mountain doesn't look yeah. as big. And so it, it, it claim it. A declaration about about what it is we want and what it is we have, then we when we say it, when we claim it, when we proclaim it, I'll tell you what, you want to know when I personally got a CPA and that's how we started talking yeah, about yeah, taxes? Yeah, let's, let's go back because somebody somebody uh, wrote already on can the I, Facebook can live. Can I finish? Yeah, the, yes, yes, yes. I made a claim that I was going to contact a CPA. Yes. I immediately got references for that CPA and I immediately started working on my taxes and itemizing. So maybe you want to feed a billion. Maybe you just want to take advantage of the tax system. Claim it first. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, that's right. You have to start. And people, somebody asked earlier, um, how do you guys do it? We both use CPAs. Yes. Yeah. We get help guys. And we we believe in, we believe in getting help and getting coaches and getting and doing the things that we do great. And then off, you know, offloading the other stuff to somebody else. We can, now if you guys have questions, you can come back and call in at 866-472-5795, 866-472-5795. We'll be right back for the last, uh, the last little segment here. We're going to have some more fun things to talk about on the Unshackled Life on the Influencer Channel. On Voice America. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you're looking to grow your business, enjoy fascinating relationships, achieve your goals, and find hope in a seemingly hopeless world, you'll want to tune into Coffee with Christy. Host Christy Dryling and her incredible guests have a frank and open discussion every week. Think of it as a time to meet with your mentors, get the motivation you need, and remove the obstacles one hour at a time. Coffee with Christy is heard live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Influencers. Have you ever checked out In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt? You don't know what you're missing. Clarissa has a great circle of friends and influencers. How do you live a model life? Find out when Clarissa puts her amazing guests and engaging topics under the spotlight. We'll talk with the masters from art, science, food, health, finance, beauty, and business. You really can't miss a single show. Join us every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. 
Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are tuned into The Unshackled Life. To reach the show today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Aaron at AaronScottYoung.com. Now, back to The Unshackled Life. Good afternoon, and here we are. We're closing out our, we're coming into our third section, and we're talking about, we're talking about life satisfaction in general, and we yeah. started talking about location to begin with, with, then we were talking about doing the hard things to to begin with so that life becomes easier. When we're, when we're really living into our purpose, things feel easier, even as we're stepping out of our side of our comfort zone. And now we're going to talk about what actually, we were actually speaking philosophically on the way here. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say when you, you, you have all these great things you say, and then I always want to kind of like break them down a little bit. So I you like just, that. You about said you. when we're, when we're living into our purpose, is that what you just mm-hmm. said? All right. Living in, see, so as a, as a life coach, you, you have these very cool, very overarching things. So living into your purpose though, could simply be saying, I've decided on what I'm, what I'm doing. I don't really know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right, I'm going to pursue right. that. I'm going to go for it. This lights me up. And every and every time I take a little step toward it, I feel better. And and um, somebody said uh, something earlier. Uh, uh, one one of the comments. So yes, on the radio, you have to understand we we're also on Facebook Live. You can you can watch this on Facebook Live later. So people are writing comments all through the show. And um, and the idea is you have to make decisions in advance. Even while you're in a situation that is that maybe your favorite situation, you got to make decisions and start moving towards the new life that you want without throwing out the old life. Right. Right. So when you're living into your purpose, that means I might still be stuck in my dead end job that I really don't like my coworkers or my boss or whatever, but I can do it because it's funding my exploration of this cool new mm-hmm. thing that I'm gonna I'm taking baby steps, imperfect steps for, and someday, by a certain date, it's better if you give it a date. I'm going to be able to Anchors put it. this chapter behind me and start the new chapter. But it's but most people never, ever get there because they never decide what they want or who they want to be or what would make them happy. They never think about it. Marriages fail because people don't talk to each other mm-hmm. about what they both want. And then pretty soon they're not married to the person they were five years ago. They're both different people. And they're like, how the heck did we get together? Mm-hmm. And they go off the, in different paths. So we say living into it. When you're, it takes planning. It, it takes planning and it, it takes paying attention. When, yeah. Wouldn't you say that's true? Paying attention, going, I'll, and I'll tell you what. So almost 31 years married. Yep. And um, it's it's been really interesting because there are absolutely, there have been times in our marriage, and I think more so when we were very first married getting to know each other, yeah. where it was like, huh, this doesn't feel like I want it to feel. Wouldn't you say that's true? When we feel close, there are times I've, when we feel. Yeah. I've only ever. Really? You're going to go there? That's going to happen. <laughs> Actually, the truth Every is, single the day truth of your is, life, you're beautiful, Michelle. And I've always, every single day, been attracted to you. You haven't been? Okay, well, I don't know. Now, Revelation, <laughs> this is live, baby. No, I was being you oh, when no, I said that. Oh, no, every single day. No. Mm-hmm. So here's um, the truth is the truth is, uh, uh, and, and I don't know, we have, we have a lot of men and women listening right now, so just go with me on this. The truth is, at least for me, mm-hmm. and I think for most guys, mm-hmm. we don't we don't um, hold on to a lot of history. We don't like remember a lot of details about what happened over the last 
number of years. Okay. And I and I I talk in talking to women, women do have a tendency to remember details. Women women actually remember details about relationships better statistically speaking than men do. Okay, so you've got that going for you. The other thing is um you have always I've always been a um you you tell me at least that I've been a dream builder from the beginning. Absolutely. 100%. And so I've always been living sort of I've been enjoying the moment but I've been working towards this thing in the future and um, you've always been, uh, I would say, more of a pragmatist, more of a realist, and you've been much more conscious of what's going on in the moment. You've been better at interpreting relationships. You've been better at seeing um, unfair things. And I'm not saying you've been looking for something to be unhappy with, but you've you've been you've been more you've been paying attention to what you're paying attention to for a long time. Yes. And that's something I you had to help me learn to do. Cool. To pay attention to what was going on instead of just living my own little closed off, you know, imaginary world. So okay, so that's a brilliant segue. Okay, good. To this Who third knew? segment where where what what I imagined we would talk about is you said what is an unshackled life to you? When we were when we were we were having a conversation and yeah. you're like, "Well, what is an unshackled life?" and I said, an unshackled life equals an unshackled mind. Okay. And so, so, so Jim Carrey, and I think I, I did, we talk about this on another show, the, the Jim Carrey quote that I, I think read. We, I think we did. Uh, yeah. It's all right. Not, not everybody. That said, that said. He hoped. He, I, I hope everyone gets exactly what they want. They want, they get the wealth and the fame because then they'll understand that that's not make, what makes you happy. Yeah. And, and so what does it mean? If it's not wealth, if it's not fame, what is it that makes us happy? And my belief is an unshackled mind equals an unshackled life. So I, w- I would like to hear, because you always want to unpack what I say, because I do talk life coachy because I am a life coach. You're a good one, too. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hear people tell me all the time, best thing I ever did was work with Michelle. Oh, so, that's so nice. That's not a commercial. That's me being super proud of my wife. But, so, okay. But, so, but what but, does that mean? What well, does it mean to you when I say that? An unshackled life equals an unshackled. Well, I think for me, that means... Um, the more we the more we put um, limitations around what is possible for us, mm-hmm. the more we say because of where I live, because of how I was yes. born, because of my education, because because of my oh, this is financial, what my family was like. Yeah, this is what this is what my this is what my husband is like. This is what my parents so my parents always said this. You know, um, the more the more. Um, each one of those little ideas, you know, I don't have enough money. I didn't come from that. I don't have the education. I'm not very good looking. I'm not well connected. You're totally I'm handsome. All the, yeah, I am. But I'm just saying. Right. Some but some people, people might not be as ham- handsome anyway. as you. The, all of those are like are like stones that you mortar into a big wall that turns into a prison. Right. Yes. And you, you, the more you heap these things up around you, the more shackled, the more restricted, the more imprisoned you become. The more you can shake off that, when you know, yes. then you go, you know, what? My, my big question, and I say this to people all the time, I'll say, well, somebody's going to do this thing. Somebody's going to invent this thing. Somebody's going to build that building. Yeah, why somebody's not you? going to buy that property. Somebody, yeah, why not you? Why not me? So, I, so except for, okay. What's so keeping he, us from doing it? Here's what's really interesting. So, in my opinion, an unshackled mind equals an unshackled life. And... And that's a really simple idea that can be really challenging for people. So the other day, I was asking my very favorite question to ask people. Okay. Do you remember what it is? What would you love? Oh, you're listening. I listen all the time. What would you love? What would you love? And I said, what would you love? And do you know what they said to me? What? 
do you know what I didn't love? And then they told me what they didn't love. And I said, okay, so we know what so you don't what love. I didn't love. It's important. But... And it's important that we know what we don't love. Yeah. That, that's an important step because it's a, like a neon sign pointing what we want. And I said, okay, so now we know what you don't want. What would you love? Yeah, what would you want? What would you really love? And do you know what they said to what? me? Do you know what I, I would have liked if it had been different? So it's like they couldn't get the idea of what would you no, love. They can only say, here's I, what's keeping me from I actually I had somebody else ask them the question because I thought, well, maybe they've got some attachment to me asking the question and maybe they'll answer the question easier for somebody else. Right. Nope. They just kept going back. They were just so connected to not getting what they want. And that's so much, that's, that is a shackled mind. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big, how often are we going, well, boy, it would, it would be so awesome if only... I could do this. Or if, if only, only I, was I were taller. younger, yeah, younger, yeah. taller, if I'd had different parents. I had more money, you whatever. Know, so, okay, so I have this Buddha necklace that I wear. Yeah. And my, our granddaughter, Indigo, really always loves the necklace. I think it's because the, there are little dangly things on the end of it. Okay. And she's always grabbing the necklace. And I actually wear jewelry sp- specifically to please her because then she wants to come and let me hold it. Hang out with you, yeah. So every time she grabs my Buddha necklace, I say... <laughs> No, it just sounds a little funny. Don't. Every time she goes, the necklace that has Sorry. Buddha on it, yep. you're distracting. Yeah. Okay. I am. So, so are you. every time she grabs the necklace with Buddha on it, yeah. I say to her, the Buddha said, all suffering is based in attachment to those things that were never meant to be ours. You say that to Indigo every time? Yeah, she's 11 months so old. She she's have to super smart. It. Say it again because I had to, have to stop and think about it. I know. That's all why I said, suffering. That's why I keep saying it to her until so she gets it. Okay, all suffering. All suffering is a, is based on our attachment to those things that were never meant to be ours. All suffering is based on our attachment to the things that were never meant to be ours. To be ours. So if I say, well, Give me I, an example, yeah. I that, could that, have what been. What things are meant to not be mine? Well, if, if I sit here at 50 years old and say, you know, I really could have been a beautiful concert pianist, but I never had piano lessons. And you go, Michelle, what would you love? And I, I, I say, well, I would have loved to have been a concert pianist. Yeah. Then, Instead of saying I would love to play the piano. Then I'm focused then on what say, was never meant learn. to be mine. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. And that is the past that I have. Right. And so releasing that, detaching from it and going, but what would I love now? So, okay. So, yeah, if you say, I would love to have been a concert pianist. I would love to. That's not. Or somebody saying, well, I would loved it. I would have loved it. This is not us, but I would have loved it if my husband had paid attention to me and we hadn't gotten a divorce. People say, I I didn't, I never wanted to be a divorcee, somebody might say. Yeah. But there's an attachment there, obviously. Okay. So all suffering is based on our attachment to those things that were never meant to be ours. So some people are divorced or some people are sick or some people are. um, Or uh, did have a tragic experience. I mean, bad things happen to people. So, but the question isn't to look back and say, I I wish it hadn't happened. It's only to say. What would I love now? Yeah, what would I love now? Those, and those experiences serve, those experiences serve us by teaching us things. I was thinking about, um. I was thinking about maybe I hope this is on on task, but I'll I was, bring it back in. If I you was lose thinking that. about um, Carol Burnett last night, who was in which as she did her television 50th anniversary mm-hmm. show, and I looked at her. I thought, boy, Carol Burnett's old. I mean, look how I mean she looks 84. 84. I mean, but she's but she, she, looks she was great. she looks great. She was animated. She was funny. She didn't struggle to you know to you know sing or to do the Tarzan the, yell the or Tarzan anything. Yell, like, like, she did all those things, and I thought I thought you know Carol Burnett has stuff she's looking forward to. Carol Burnett's doing stuff. 
right? It's not right. over with for her. She's not reliving the glory days of her show. I would, that oh, ended I would in, love it if I weren't so old and I could do redo that show. Her show went off the air in 1978, that my freshman year of high school, mm-hmm. right? Now, she seems like she's been part of my whole life, but her show went off in 78. But did she stop in 78? No, she kept looking forward to new things, not reflecting back on what was great. Learned or what, from. Or she what was a much been. better performer at the end of those years. And she sure. learned from those years to move forward into what she was coming into. Yeah, so the point is, I, I look at people who die, not from a tragic disease or something, but people who just kind of, they give up. Their life is over and then they die. Some they, people, wait, some people, people live 99 retirement. years. Yeah. And some people live the one year 99 times. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's a Mary Morrissey quote. We'll we'll give it to Mary. So the point is, uh, I think it was actually the Buddha. Probably. But anyway, the point, (laughs) my point is, is that when we have stuff to look forward to, we're not going, ah, so we're so bummed about what happened, but we're, we're, but rather we say, I'm going to find ways they can be grand, they can be small, Mm -hmm. to have something to look forward to, not just tomorrow or not just today, which is also important. Yes. But, But have things on your calendar for next year. Have things on your calendar for Did six you know, months. Okay, studies show that people with with um, potentially fatal diseases, so with cancer, yeah. those who survive are the ones that have something to look forward to. Those who survive are like, you know what? I really want to write that book. I, I really, I'm writing the book. I'm, I'm writing the book. Those who survive are the ones that are like, I'm going to walk my- We have a family reunion next July. Yes, and I want to make it. Those are the people that survive. And it's So we all have a fatal disease. It's called life. Yeah, we're going to die. We're going to die. Those of us- who have something to look forward to. Those of us who may proclaim, you know, say, own I, space. I yep. own our space. I'm going to say I'm an artist. I'm going to, I'm going to, if I want to lo- move to Boise, Idaho or Vancouver, Washington. Number one place in the country. Number one place in the country. We chose well. Vancouver. Then those are the people that are going to survive. Those are the people that are going to have not only longevity, but really a, a lot of peace and a lot of joy and satisfaction in it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that's really, that was the goal for today's, show is to really talk about, you know, what is it, what is it that's going to bring us happiness? What's going to bring it? Why, why do people make a choice to move somewhere cool? What are the things about that that give them life? What are, are those things hard? A lot of people will stay in a place that they don't love because it's, they don't know what it'll be like. I, maybe I won't make any friends. You, okay, maybe so I won't like what the weather. Maybe me, I, me and my studies. Yep, studies, you and your study show. Study show. That's show yeah, we're going to have a, a coffee mug made that's from our show that just says study show. Maybe it just it's like, like shiplap I, I read, on uh, Fixer Upper. Shiplap. Study show. Or I read an article or I at least read the headline of an article. This one I read an article that talked about a study that showed that children will, if in abusive situations, will lie to stay in the abusive situation um, because they know they can survive it. They, it might not be preferable. They might not enjoy it. But they know it. how to deal they with it. They might be suffering, but they know they can survive it. Yeah. We, and we go, oh, that's so sad. Why do children do that? But human, like adult humans do it every single day. And we are, we want everyone to be able to live an unshackled life. What would you love? Proclaim it. You know what? You know what I'm doing? I'm writing a book. And I'll tell you what, the more you say you're writing a book, the more likely you will sit down and begin to write that book. Do the research on where you want to People are going to ask you, hey, how's the book coming? You know what? (laughs) I can spend five minutes on a blog today if you're writing a book. How can people get your uh, 21 Days Life by Design? I'll tell you what. um, Because that's a good way to start. You can, yeah, absolutely. You can go to my website, michelleyoungcoaching.com. And at the very bottom, you can see where you can sign in for 21 Day Life by Design. It's It's, free, right? It's free. The other piece of it is that you can always email me if you're like, I am ready to be unattached. 
to those things that were never meant to be mine and ask the question, what would I love? You can uh, email me at michelle at michelleyoungcoaching.com and we can have a conversation about that because it's not its not as hard as you think it is. Yeah, it, it really isn't as hard. You know, This is called Unshackled Life and the idea behind it is that with a little bit of encouragement and a few ideas and a little nudge, maybe from Aaron and Michelle Young, um, it's possible to start to live a life that you would love, as Michelle would ask. It's mm-hmm. possible to... Um, it's possible to get out of relationships that don't support you. It's possible to get into a town that's really hip and cool. It's possible to wake up every day excited for something. And even when you're having a hard time to have really great things to look forward to, that's the unshackled mind part of living an unshackled life. So guys, um, we're glad you come. We're we're glad you listen. Tell your friends, come join us. Uh, If you're listening to this in a replay, download it and share it and comment. And um, we'll be back next week. From Florida. uh, From Florida on the Unshackled Life Voice America Radio Network right here on the Influencer Network. This is Michelle Young. And Aaron Scott Young. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Unshackled Life. Be sure to join the Unshackled owners, Aaron Scott Young and Michelle Pearson Young, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have a great week.